Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Crubcast. It is July 18th, 2023 at the time of recording this, but you might be seeing it later because we post them later. Um, today we're going to be talking about, I don't know, but I'm going to talk about how I'm doing today before I pass it off to someone else. I am kind of tired. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I'm looking forward to this. This is my first time as the technical host of this stream, and I hope to make it an absolute torture fest for everyone else. M, how are you doing? Every day is a holiday. How are you, Trav? <laughs> kind of tired. Very good. Very good. I'm doing wonderful. I've had a wonderful week. Thank you very much. How about you, uh, Kevin? I'm doing pretty okay. I'm also very tired. Uh, but that won't stop today from being a good time. Uh, just afterwards, Trav and I will both die. Good. Yeah. Sean, I will stop wait. it from being a good time. Sean! Hi, Sean. Hi, that's me. Hi, I'm Sean, and I'm actually the host for today. Uh, despite speaking last, because everyone hates me. Host goes last. Okay. That's just courtesy. It's like the last person to the Airbnb gets the fridge. It's also not the rule. But, uh, hi, Sean. What are we talking Hello. about today, and how are you? So today, we're going to be talking about uh, remakes and reboots, and also, I'm doing quite all right. So this is my second time hosting. Um, the last time I hosted, I want you all to know that I didn't sleep at all. And this time I did sleep, but I woke up to my dog uh, trying to dig a hole in my bed because someone on July 18th was still shooting off fireworks at three o'clock in the afternoon. I woke up, so that's why I was so asleep. So they're still shooting off fireworks and my dog doesn't like that. So now I have a hole in my uh, in my sheet. So that's a great way to wake up. But oh, like actually note, dug through it, like not even in a cute way. Oh yeah, no, just she, like bapping at it. No, she was like, "I need to get in there." Um, so mm. little, little upset about that. But like I said, I'm awake now. <sighs> but okay. on that note, we, uh, we are talking about remakes, reboots, and reshoots. not remasters, reshoots. Um, so I wanted to bring up this because I feel like there's been a lot of reboots and remakes lately. Um, especially ones that I've been touching on lately, just in my own personal, uh, backlog, because I'm like, oh, this remake is coming out. I'm just gonna wait for that. So just jumping into it, uh, Trav, since you are the technical person and just, I want to pick on you, what is one of your, let's go with favorite remakes, I guess. Uh, favorite remakes. Well, okay. Favorite mm -hmm. Remake or reboot or yeah, remaster. Reboot, yeah. Not remaster. Reboot, oh, reboot remaster. Yeah, because I'm really... Uh, how far are we into the stream? Can I swear? Sure. Uh, I'm really know. fucking anal about the vocabulary about this. Like, it's okay. okay. Like, well, it's not like, anymore, actually. All right, well, here's this thing, and then people are like, oh, man, we're getting a, we're getting a System Shock remastered when they're talking about the remake. It's like, that's a remake. Oh, yeah. That's not a remaster. All right, so anyway... Favorite, uh, I guess, reboot, whatever. Yeah, uh, let's let's focus on reboots and remakes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I would say Doom, but that's more of a sequel. That's just using the title of the original. It's arguable mm -hmm. that it's a reboot. No, I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair shout because mine's going to be similar. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think. Doom's I, I a think good one. just by sheer, like, favorite game that I'm going to talk about, probably Doom, uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. Um. But if we're going more strictly remakes slash reboots, um, I'd probably say, uh, as of recently, System Shock, just because it's outstanding. 
Uh, otherwise, mm. probably something like Metroid Zero Mission or Metroid Prime Remaster. Sorry, I just listed four when you asked for one. Um, but it's uh, okay. I can't count. I have a lot of options here, and I, I'm I'm having a hard time picking. Uh, so while you pick up whatever you just dropped, I I can list some more. It's if you fine. Want. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So all right. I also so want now, you to tell me like, all right, welcome, fellas, to the System God. Shock Rambling Stream. No. Um, yeah, I want I want you to actually like. So what exactly makes it a reboot, though? A reboot. Like, like, yeah. like, well, like what's your definition of a reboot in the in the sense of like a Doom 2016? And what does that yeah. what does that qualify so for? I, you? I see Doom 2016 as a a like a mechanical Sequel. reboot. A soft reboot. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. where it's still continuing a story, so it's not a reboot in that it's a new uh a new series in that regard, even though it kind of is. But mm-hmm. it's bringing back the game design philosophy that's been missing for 20 plus years um that's how i see it in doom's case otherwise mm-hmm. i usually see a reboot as taking the branding ignoring the everything about it before and making something new this is a weird example that comes to mind my mind comes to okay. the xbox 360 turok game oh yeah uh, that's a good choice yeah yeah I, I don't know why that like I've never even freaking played it. Um, don't know why that <laughs> came to mind. Uh, Kevin, you said that you had like a similar thing to what Trav was saying. Yeah, so I, I feel like people would know that we would both default to these when in doubt. But also mine relates because uh, there are a couple reboots in the Ratchet franchise, debatably, mm-hmm. uh, including one that is just Doom Eternal for kids, uh, which at the time what? of at the time of publish, oh. that game comes out on PC yesterday. Time out. You can't. You can't just say Doom Eternal for kids and not explain that. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is Doom Eternal for kids. It is how in how? terms of uh, the in the terms of mechanical flow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Kevin's not the only person I've heard say that. Like I, I've heard uh, multiple. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, I I heard it enough that I was like, you know what? That's actually pretty accurate from the bits I've played huh. of Doom Eternal because I haven't sat down with Doom Eternal fully yet, um, just because I would rather go through them in order. And I I've never been a huge Doom guy. Um, really, that's pardon fair. the pun. But anyway, <laughs> as as far as God. reboots and remakes and uh, the evolution of media goes, uh, mm-hmm. Ratchet's one of those in the gaming space that gets. Uh, a lot of flack for the changes it's made over the years um, because it continued evolving and attempting to at first grow up with its audience. So the PS2 Mm -hmm. games, everyone loved the PS3 games were meant to take those kids that were like seven to eight years old when the first game came out. And now they're a little older. So they wanted to make a, a deeper story, a more involved media piece, cinematic experience. And, uh, while some players like that, a lot of players went to the 360, and so they just didn't come back. And then it came time after uh, diminishing returns because they made 45 games in three years. Um, we got to the point where, A, Ratchet was one of the biggest, most uh, Mario-esque franchises that Sony had. So they they wanted to make a movie out of it and start their movie line that uh, failed, and then they brought it back again, and now it's doing better. Um, mm. Marginally, at least. Anyway, they wanted to also introduce Ratchet to a newer audience because now the people that were, uh, you know, seven years old when the first game came out were potentially having kids at that point. 
And so they made a movie, as everyone who knows Ratchet and Clank knows, they made a bad movie. And they made a video game that was a game based on the movie, based on the game that was not ever intended to be a reboot. As much as people want to think that it was, it was just a one-off because they really wanted to make the first game again. Anyway, uh, the, the point of what I'm saying is that Ratchet went through a very notable reboot cycle in that it got a lot of flack for it, and people just assumed that it was one of those where, oh, they don't know what they're doing anymore, they're just cashing out, and they had to make another reboot, essentially, to come off of that reboot, and that was Rift Apart, because by the time the mm-hmm. PS5 came out, that's another new console where now you have to appeal to the PlayStation 2 audience, that uh, mm-hmm. the fans that love the early games, the PlayStation 3 audience, which may not be the same audience as the first one, although there's crossover, the audience that started with the PS4 game and the audience that is seven years old that has never played a Ratchet & Clank game before. They ran yeah. into the Sonic problem, where when a franchise runs for too long, you start to splinter because you try to grow up with the audience, and you eventually have to do a soft reboot of some sort. Reboots are kind of necessary for a long-running media franchise, unless it's Mario, mm-hmm. where you just everything's a reboot. Yeah. And um, I think Ratchet's a very interesting example because it took until the reboot for them to do anything fucking new with the franchise. And that's part yeah. of why I like Rift Apart so much is that it was the first time in such a long time that they actually changed the mechanics a little uh, by making it Doom Eternal for kids. And uh, I-, I think... I guess I think it's interesting to look at the idea of reboots and remakes and what we consider them, uh, not in terms of game design, but in terms of uh, perception and in terms of what the what the audience sees, what the the companies that are making these see, Um, because I think there's a lot of immediate uh, flack that goes towards any remake or reboot simply because it's a remake or reboot. And I don't think that's quite fair, but we'll, we'll come probably back to that as this discussion goes forward. Yeah, and I can definitely see that. Um, M, what about you? Boy, you picked a, a good one. <clears throat> so right, I'm ready. first we have to decide what we're going to 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 define these things as, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Reboot, remaster, adaptation, remake, director's cut, extended edition, right? What, yeah. what exactly means what? Is the, uh, the GTA uh, trilogy... Right. That's our remaster. But is it really is, it you know, what, what amount of uh, uh, original code needs to be there to make it a remaster versus a reboot? At what point are we calling it these things? What's an adaptation? What's just a sequel? Um, yeah. What's, you know, whatever, a reimagining uh, and all these terms kind of fall into the same thing as like, what's the difference between a roguelike and a roguelite? It becomes mm-hmm. very academic to discuss it. And so I kind of tend to avoid uh, uh, defining it too much, right? And instead, I say whether or not something is an adaptation or whether or not it's reboot, remaster, reimagine, remake, right? All those things is yeah. going to get all the R words are the same word in this context. And then adaptation. And um, boy, there's some good and there's some bad out there, right? And I think adaptation yeah. is, is interesting because people don't really understand adaptations. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples of, of, of why. I say that, right? All right. Which is that um, when you're adapting something, the entire idea is that you're adapting it to a new media form. You're taking a Mm -hmm. book and adapting it into a movie. You're taking a a video game and adapting it into a TV show. And when you're doing that, adaptation by necessity and by definition means changing it to fit Mm -hmm. the media. So, for example, 
um, Foundation, which is a TV show that's on uh, on Apple, and it was a book that was written by a book series written by Isaac Asimov. Uh, mm-hmm. The adaptation on Apple TV or whatever the hell it's called is a very good adaptation, but it's not super good media. It was a very yeah. good adaptation. There is a uh, and there's some very 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 mild spoilers here, um, but they're only spoilers if you read the book. <laughs> So I don't so. know that they count as spoilers. Uh, there is an emperor in the book and there's an emperor in the TV show. Mm-hmm. And in the book, it is a series of different emperors and, and they live and they die right over time. They live and they die. And in the TV show, you can't really do that. Right. You can't just be like, here's an old guy. Who is he? He's like, there's too much explanation. So instead, what they do is they create this concept of cloning and they have mm-hmm. this this emperor who is constantly being shown. And you understand that every time you see him, that is the emperor. And it doesn't matter what time period we're in because he's a clone. And so therefore, he is always the emperor. He might be cloned 52 or he might be cloned two or he might be cloned 500. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. He yeah. is the emperor. So that yeah. that's an example of good adaptation where they're getting yeah. across the the story, right? Without baggage of every time they show this man who's important to the story, saying, this is actually Emperor blah, 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 and he's, you know, the son of this guy. You don't have to know that. I think that's a good example. Whereas yeah. The Shining is a terrible adaptation. This is a horrendous adaptation, but it's really good movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I The Shining is probably my favorite horror movie of all time, if I'm being honest. But it does not, it, it is not adapted well. No, and Stephen King hates it. <laughs> yeah. He hated yeah. it. And it's one of, it's it, arguably his best film adaptation, but like what a terrible adaptation of the source, right? Like it right. doesn't work very well as mm-hmm. an adaptation directly of the book. It tells a whole different story. Um, the Last of Us TV show That's might be an go. example yeah. that is good. Mm-hmm. It's a good adaptation and a good piece of media. And even um, then, yeah. it got flack from certain uh, consumers because they felt they that made changes. Not, not, they made changes or they didn't make enough changes, which is one of the big things is that as we've entered the the, the gaming space of remakes and whatnot, and as media has mm-hmm. become part of people's personalities, uh, you are not allowed to make changes, uh, whether it's making Spyro slightly more purple or, do that. <laughs> or whether it's making the backgrounds of Spyro slightly more purple. And yes. I, yeah. I think, is, is the purpler a word, sidebar? I, I, I want purpler to I be don't... a word. It is today. Okay, purpler is a word. You know it now. Dictionary.com. We got you. Um, anyway, I just wanted to jump in and more say, like, purplier. With, with The Last of Us, <laughs> it's interesting because there were some people that felt this isn't really about Joel and Ellie as much in the show version as it is in the game version. And I think that that's what makes it so interesting is that it's really, really well done. It's both complimentary, but also it's an anthology in a way. There are changes that they make, and I don't want to get into like spoiler cast of Tulu, but like there are changes that they make to that that I disagree with, but I understand why they made the changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that some of them are more successful than others. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, the, the the earlier scenes with some of the characters and yeah. how they they leave yeah. uh, I didn't think that that was particularly successful for me uh, I felt that that harmed the character but you know these things adaptations require change they require yeah absolutely uh, they, they don't always succeed you know Super Mario Brothers the movie uh, Alone <laughs> in the Dark 
the movie, The Last Airbender. <laughs> right? Like the these are yeah. <laughs> they're all really bad adaptations that are also bad media. Um, yeah. Video game wise, you know, you've got uh, Colonial Marines. Do you remember mm. 2014's Rambo? <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, a I bad do. adaptation. Or the Bionic Commando have... gritty reboot on 360, similar yeah, to the yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe most famously would be like E.T. from 1982, right? These are bad games that are bad ap- adaptations as well. So right. like. I think that that's a more, uh, uh, I don't want to say lucid argument, but it, it's more understandable, I think, to talk about um, adaptation versus reboot, remaster, reimagining, re-adapt, blah, 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 right? Like, yeah. versus that. Uh, because, like, once we get into what's a reboot versus remaster, we always have to start with the discussion of what is the definition, and that sucks. Yeah. And yeah. then you have to talk about things like GTA Trilogy versus Warcraft 3. They're both bad. Right, oh, like the the reimagining, reboot, whatever. They're both mm. bad. Um, does that mean that reboots or remasters or whatever are bad? Well, what about RE2, which is a reimagining in in the most you know successful way, or or Final Fantasy VII yep. remaster? I was going to come around to that or, one. Yep. Right, or yep. Hitman. The most right. These are adaptations. They're reboots. They're remasters. Whatever that were very successful versus ones that are very very bad. And I don't think that you can have a comprehensive discussion about them while you're trying to 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 define reboot, remaster, reimagining, right. remake. Yeah, all of that. And, and yeah, let, let me could, jump. Oh no, you go. You go, Shaka. Because, like, for example, I've seen a lot of people say that Blade Runner 2049 is a reboot of Blade Runner, but then you have other people that complain that like oh well not complain but like insist that it's a sequel uh and then you're pretty much just it feels like you're just splitting hairs at that point like i've for for me personally i've grown up like loving metal so like i used to be one of those metal snobs that was like it's not death metal it's black metal you know you go into like the super sub genres and it's and it's kind of interesting to see like how this has kind of devolved into that as well um so i try to keep myself out of that uh keep an open mind because it's not as black and white as that but it's it's really yeah. interesting to see what people consider a reboot well to jump into that because i i think so, there's there's oh, some interesting <laughs> sorry, <Yeah. Jeff>. <laughs> <laughs> there's some interesting stuff there because like blade runners a really interesting example where it is clearly mm-hmm. clearly it is a sequel. a sequel it's a sequel clearly yeah. a sequel it's meant right? to stand it alone place. but it's a sequel it's a standalone yeah. sequel, and so but like if that's we're an getting a sequel one. like twenty up years later, fifty is, in that case. Is yeah. it is yeah. it like yeah, twenty is generous. Um, is it fair to say that it can't be both, or that it can be both? No, that's what we're sure. saying. I think like yeah. like yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, and that's yeah. why and I, I think I was that just, discussion uh, kind of falls that as a flat. Hypothetical, like can it be? Yeah. Can something be both a a sequel and a reboot like it what like when we talked about doom earlier that's an obvious yeah. example but with movies that's you know the conversation's a little bit different well and so that's what right. i wanted to jump into a little bit before sean you we have to get to you as far as uh one Eventually, of the yeah. adaptations i'm gonna go with adaptations yeah. from here on because i think that's the easier way to discuss i think em's right um mm-hmm. especially because what i was going to say was the important thing with adaptations that we also always neglect is that an adaptation is not necessarily obviously the same person or the same team and even if it is perspectives change the message of a story can change Mm -hmm. over time and one of the best examples of that in the gaming space is a resident evil 2 remake where uh Mm -hmm. compared to re4 where it's essentially a one-to-one remake with a couple small changes re2 is a functional remake that still lives in the spirit of the original and only the most miserable people on earth are going to say no it's it's a bad remake no you're just wrong yeah and 
then the other one, which came out right around the same time, is Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a game Mm -hmm. that is a remake, it's a sequel, it's a commentary on the idea of a remake and an adaptation, and the the audience fan canonization or the fanonization of everything that they love because people hold these things so near and dear to their heart that they say, yeah, I want a, a faithful remake to Final Fantasy VII. Well, good news. It's on Switch. It's on Steam. It's on PS5. They already did it. That's a remaster, sure. But if you want a faithful mm-hmm. remake, you're not getting anything better than that. If you want yeah. a faithful remake that has different gameplay, it's not a faithful remake. You can say in spirit of the story it is, but the thing about Final Fantasy VII that made it so impactful, that made it one of the most remembered, one of the most highlighted games in history, that made it a piece of art that will be remembered in the same league as some of the better books and movies and shows out there, is the fact that it was able to do something that no other game had, and that was genuinely shock you by way of things like Aerith, for example. Fire materia, oh. And that too. You can't do Final Fantasy VII Remake when everybody knows Aerith, when everybody knows Darth Vader. You can't do that shock again. But with the way that Final Fantasy VII Remake does things, and I'm not going to spoil any of that game story or any of where that plot might go. It also might be a train wreck by the end. It probably will be. I'm hoping it's not. Um, They made sure that they can give you an Aerith moment. In fact, they kind of did a couple times in the first game where they did shock you on that same level because they want you to be a part of the story. You can't tell the story of Final Fantasy without telling the story of the audience that fell in love with it and how impactful that game was on the industry. You know? Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of lucking out with this because I never played Final Fantasy VII, so, like, I don't really know much about it outside of the whole, you know, Aerith thing. So my first... Which is arguably the most famous spoiler of all time. It is the Darth Vader. Yes. It is the Darth Vader of video games. Yes. And so my first experience with Final Fantasy VII has been Final Fantasy Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake. And let me tell you, I freaking love that game. And because, like, this is my first time experiencing that story, these characters, I really know, like, dick about them. I just want to stick to, like, this... Mm-hmm. possible trilogy that's coming out just to see what happens because I'm experiencing something that I don't think many people are able to do because I know so many like fans have played through Final Fantasy VII probably numerous times whereas mm-hmm. I didn't get to experience that so this remake is really my one true experience with the franchise and let me jump v- very briefly onto one thing I want to throw out there. It's not an adaptation. It's not a remake. It's not anything like that. But I think it's important in the in the scope of Final Fantasy. And that's Final Fantasy 16. Because that game's getting a lot of flack mm. for being not an RPG or a, yeah. not being the Final Fantasy that people want because it's too dark. And I think that misses the point of what Final Fantasy has always been thematically. I think that 16, again, to not say anything spoilery, Mm. calls back so frequently to the themes and the the story beats and everything about the prior games that it's very clearly made with a lot of love and i've been really enjoying my time with it because even as a a more casual final fantasy enjoyer you know i've played enough of the games at this point i I can see all those moments and i can see like what they're trying to do and calling back and having Mm. their own spin on things like uh eco-terrorism you know, the plot mm-hmm. of Final Fantasy VII. Like, they're referencing stuff like that. They're referencing the the failure uh, or the, the inevitability of fate and whether you can stop fate. All this stuff. And yeah. I, I think that in the scope of a wide-running series of games that's always changed from game to game, 
I think it's interesting that, again, the way that fans hold things so near and dear to their heart that anything that they don't necessarily love is an affront to their personality. Mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of uh, limits the capabilities of an adaptation because yeah. most of the great movies we saw in the 90s and the not not most many of the great movies we've seen in the 90s, the, the 2000s, the 80s, even there were a lot of remakes of movies that you wouldn't have heard of if you grew up in those eras. Mm-hmm. And like there are so many like I can't, Mission Impossible is, 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 is an adaptation. And yeah. now it's an adaptation of an adaptation. Like, uh, uh, I think there's actually, I think it goes even deeper than that. But anyway, it's, uh, people think it's a newer thing and it's just, it's just not. And I think yeah. that it's just, we take things more seriously now and more personally now. Mm-hmm. Oh, for yeah. sure. Especially if you like grew up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like that, uh, like for, uh, for example, um, I, I guess we'll jump into some stuff that I've done. Well, watch. So I, what have you done, well, Sean? I've done too much. But for example, like I love Ninja Gaiden on the NES. Uh you poor thing. and yeah, I know. Uh because I was just like, it's a hard game, I could do this. Wasn't able to do it, never beat the game. Um and seeing whenever they came out with I think it was on the Xbox or Xbox 360, the 2004 Ninja Gaiden reboot. Yeah. At the time, like I was like, I don't know how old I was. <laughs> what the hell is this? I was like, this this isn't this isn't Ninja Gaiden. And I was like so upset about that. And it was kind of like in that moment, I kind of even even at a young age, I was like, this is kind of dumb for me to be mad about because this is like pretty much a reboot of the game and the series. And I just have to get used to this whole 3D space. And from that moment on, I started to appreciate all forms of media more like that. Um, like, for example, I love X-Men. I I it's cheesy, especially the movies. But when they tried to do that reboot with X-Men First Class, I was so hyped. I was so ready for everything. I was so excited. And again, that's one of those like, is it a reboot? Is it a sequel? It's shut up. It's a fun time. Um, well, it was kind of a fun time. And then it went very downhill. Oh, but and then like, Dark Phoenix happened. We don't talk about that. Which one was the I'm second so upset one? About was that. that Apocalypse? Yes, Apocalypse. I, I fell asleep in the theater during Apocalypse. I was in the front Apocalypse. row. Apocalypse. Sorry, I'll let you finish your thought. No, no, I, I'm, so I'm not an X-Men fan, but I went mm-hmm. to see it with somebody because they were like, oh, let's see a movie. And so we, we went and saw X-Men Apocalypse. I was in the front row because it was packed. I think it was opening weekend. And during the mm-hmm. action scenes, I fell asleep. That movie sucks. Yeah. Trap, what were you guys saying? X-Men Apocalypse was one of the first comic book movies that I saw that made me actively go... I want my money back. Yeah. Because I'm a comic book shill. I, I like the bad ones, arguably. Um, I, uh, well, no, I thought Flash was pretty bad. Um, Good. I, I I thought She-Hulk was fine. Um, and I thought uh, X-Men Apocalypse was an affront to God because it was just so bad. Yeah. Like, um, it... I'm a little bit biased. Apocalypse is one of my favorite X-Men villains, and I thought that they did him really poorly. Oh, yeah, it was um, bad. And just uh, such a waste of Oscar Isaac's talent. Mm-hmm. I, I fully so, agree with that. I mean, we, we got him as, like, I don't know, Everything Spider-Man else. 2099 in the yeah. new Spider-Verse, so that was fine. Yeah. But, yeah. But, I mean, that's another one of those reboots. Another re- uh, I'll just talk about a couple reboots, not really go into them too much. Like, I love the new Evil Dead that they made. Well, newer Evil Dead, the reboot that they did with that. Um, I really like, and this one might be a little bit of a hot take, 
I really like the new Sabrina the Teenage Witch that they did on Netflix. I've heard good things about it. Oh, I, yeah, I watched that at one point, like in pieces. I watched like it really. It starts off really good. I won't go into spoilers, but like I really liked it. Um, and obviously, you can talk about God of War, uh, which is one of my favorite. Well, and to jump back to time. Sabrina, Sabrina was a comic. I'm pretty sure at first too. Yes, like it was a comic, yep. and no one would know that. So people that got upset about the idea of how dare you uh, change my favorite Disney show or whatever. Yeah, uh, was it Disney? Was it ABC? It's either way. It's Disney, but. Anyway, I think it was Disney. Like, like you get so uh, upset about the version that you found, but you mm-hmm. know the Star Wars prequels are Star Wars to some people, and that's fine. Yeah, you know it's it is what it is. Star Wars is not something that's just for you, and yeah, none of this is just for you. Anyway, sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, carry on. Yeah, I was. So I mean, is I was... actually a pretty interesting one there too because Don't it's carry on. you know. Well, we've got the, the, <laughs> no, the, the classic Archie comics, God. right? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. which then gets turned into a kind of a, a funky, lighthearted TV show with uh, the Melissa Joan Hart, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, Clarissa mm-hmm. Explains It All kind of thing, right? And then that becomes kind of the definitive version of Sabrina for a lot of people, right? Yeah. And then they throw that out. And we see this. We see where they throw out the original... Uh, adaptation and they adapt it differently and mm-hmm. that's i don't know i think that what what is the the definitive version of a, a piece of software or not software a piece of, of media is very interesting you know yeah um would you w- would most people agree that the godfather you know francis ford coppola's godfather is the definitive masterpiece performance version of it or are they going to say oh mario puzo's novel uh the yeah. shawshank redemption right like is that the definitive version? I would say, yeah, that's the definitive version. They yeah, made I mean, a that, better that film makes, than he makes made the a movie. book more so than yeah. the book made the movie. I mean, right? In a mm-hmm. sense, obviously, one exists because of the other, but you know, right. Shawshank doesn't exist in, in as much of the cultural zeitgeist today as just yeah. a book. Yeah, right. You know, um, Fight Club. Right? Are we mm-hmm. really going to say that Paul Nook's novel, which yeah, cult classic, whatever, right? Is, is, it is that the movie? Is that nearly as definitive as, as David Fincher's oh. film adaptation? Everyone thinks of Edward Norton. Yeah, right? Yeah. And that becomes one of the most iconic performances. Is his name Edward? That doesn't feel right. Ed Norton, yeah. Yeah, no, you got it. And uh, boy, the, you know, the visuals, Ooh. the themes, the iconic performances, uh, it just really goes. It's the go to way to experience that story, right? Uh, the, like, that's you, how you experience that story. Em, you brought up a. I actually have a question now. So, like, Lord of the Rings. You know the trilogy movie is. Would you consider that to be the, I guess, definitive? Or would well, you... right? Like, is it? Is it definitive? Yeah. Is is a question? So is the Hobbit? Because that is yeah, the three because... films of the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Is that better than reading the what two hundred page short novel? It's a different yeah. story. They're telling a oh, different yeah. story. Yeah, um, I think the, the Lord... Golem game is a great adaptation. <laughs> you shut your mouth right now, or I will come over there and set you on fire. Wheel of Time is a really fascinating one because, like, Wheel of Time – or not Wheel of Time. I'm sorry. Lord of Rings is a really fascinating one because the the, the Lord of the Rings has so much media out there, right? You've got the Ring of Power, which is Mm. a a terrible adaptation. I have um, many words about that. And not really great media. But then you've also got, you know – uh, uh, the Hobbit movies, which arguably are terrible. Actually, most of it's kind of a bad. 
but then yeah. you've got some really good games out there that that you know take advantage of of kind of mm-hmm. the world there um you know shadows of war the uh the two towers adventure mm-hmm. game was was pretty good uh there, there's a lot of stuff in that universe where like there's good and there's bad and, and whatever so i, I don't yeah. know lord of rings is a really fascinating one but i i think i think it sort of what's the 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 best way to watch it what's the best way to experience the story i don't know man like i, yeah. I think the story's too big um with that yeah. particular piece of property right like it's too big how do you experience the witcher is a lot easier right yeah because it's a smaller that. piece of media how do you experience um uh the batman world right do you read the comics do you watch the movies do you play the games it's a harder yeah. and they're all so wildly different because the tone of batman has shifted so much over the years as people have taken their own inspiration yeah yeah yeah, it's really difficult. Like, are you going to say that Batman Arkham as a series represents who Batman is? Or do you say that the Dark Knight series, you know, the, the trilogy, that's who Batman is? There are or people Batman... that say that the, the Snyder take of Batman is the definitive version. And if we have people believing that, I mean, like, we're just going to be running in circles. Right, exactly. My, I mean, I'm repulsed by and, that and version in some regard. Let but... me let me jump in real quick, because um, I want to say that, like, one of the things that I, I want to highlight that I think we all believe is that your individual belief uh, or or fandom or support for a particular piece, if you feel that X is the definitive version of uh, a series, you're more than entitled to that opinion. The, the, the problem mm-hmm. that I was pointing out earlier is when people will refuse to engage with anything else beyond that and get, again, personally attacked by something changing beyond their specific yeah. tastes. Because sure. I... Like, like, Pokemon is an example I've used on the podcast before, where I stopped playing Pokemon a few times throughout my life because I grew up out of it. And then the cool thing about it is I didn't get personally upset by, you know, the dumb sword and shield uh, Dexit stuff because I was like, oh, I don't like that too much. Whatever. I'm just not going to buy them. I didn't seethe over it for months and years. So when Mm. objectively worse games, I don't use the word objectively often, but when Scarlet and Violet objectively worse games, those games are dog shit in most metrics. When those came out, I I bought one and I liked it a lot, as bad as it is. I'm part of the problem. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) I enjoyed that game. And it's because I didn't let myself get so attached to my my lost childhood that I'm seeking to grab again that Mm -hmm. I would never dare try the games again or that they'll never hold up because nothing will ever hold up to your memory. That's the point of a Final Fantasy VII remake is that your memory is flawed. You know, mm-hmm. and like, before we at... go too too deep into that, because mm-hmm. I think there is a risk here of sounding a little bit elitist, right? And also to be a little bit dismissive of people's concerns about why reboots. And you say I think reboots are necessary, right? Like there's there's some value in kind of looking at why they're not and why people get upset. And I think yeah. maybe the number one reason is creative uh, stagnation, right? The the idea that you're looking at this thing and you are. <sighs> So, I I'm sorry, Trav. The MCUification, right? Where, where I was it's waiting underst- to bring that up. <laughs> where it's understandable yeah. why fans don't like it, right? Where it feels like this new piece of media is alienating the fans who invested time or money or emotional attachment, and they have now been served a reboot that seemingly disregards that loyalty and diminishes in their mind the original's value, right? It can feel like this. This adaptation, this reboot is simply exploring 
already plumbed depths. It's retreading familiar ground. And instead of focusing on expanding that existing universe and introducing more and exploring untapped avenues of storytelling, the reboot is now erasing that continuity. So I do understand why some people look at something and they go, this reboot sucks because this is now what this thing is. Sure, right. And, I can absolutely understand that, and I'm not, and I'm not putting that aside. I think in the case of something like a, a the MCUification, as you put it, um, also MCUification sounds like we're saying fuck partway through that. I just want to say that because that's <laughs> I'm great. okay with that. No, no I'm right. cool with it. You know, we're not we're not going to censor it because um, we don't care. But I, I think one of the things in that case is that because of of the growth and in popularity of something like the thanks to the mcu of general marvel and marvel comics yes Mm -hmm. the general consensus of something has changed but it's it's sometimes gatekeepy to say this is worse now because it's not catering to me in the case of a marvel specifically because the marvel comics still exist as much as they get rebooted which is another problem uh because they themselves as comics get rebooted all the time there are still the same yeah. comic writers and new comic writers taking inspiration and creating their own adaptations uh of these same characters so the other option still exists you're not stuck with nothing and that so that's why i say in some extent or to some extent that reboots are necessary. That was more regarding games, I would say, because games, the mechanics will inevitably change as things evolve. You know, we're not at Mm -hmm. the point yet where an adaptation uh, won't just be, uh, will just be the same game every time. Because Final Fantasy... For what makes a good game. Exactly. Exactly. And and so Mm -hmm. does the tone uh, of our gaming culture, as gaming has gotten more popular. And... I think that's that's what I'm saying is important to to recognize because uh, an example I was going to use is um, Enslaved Odyssey to the West is just another example of um, that, that journey to the West. It's just another retelling of that same like classic story. Uh, I mean, hell, if we go deep, most mythologies are just taking shit and and rebooting it. You know, yeah, the entire Roman mythology is a reboot. It is. Yeah. And there's a lot, uh, even in Norse mythology, a lot of stuff is kind of up for interpretation and adaptation, uh, which is something I also think that, again, to go back into God of War a little bit, I think God of War uses to its advantage because it adapts, you know, Norse mythology very well to a point where things make sense in that world. And also it does reboot the character of Kratos and what have you. But again, that goes into, uh, you know, just reboots and what have you. Um, how do I want to say this? While you're thinking, I do want to toss out that, um, someone in chat mentioned the same thing about having to appeal with the five different demographics. And I want to mention this because for Mm -hmm. those that don't know, we stream these live, uh, every Tuesday at 7 PM currently on twitch.tv slash crub underscore official. We'll move to YouTube soon enough. Uh, if you didn't know, this is also on YouTube. If you want it in podcast form, it's also available in podcast form uh, on every audio platform. If you go to crub.org, it'll take you right there. Um, and we have a bunch of, uh, exclusive pre and post show stuff here on the stream that you can only catch live or if you are a member of the patreon uh where you get to get uh, exclusive bonus content from us a bunch of uh fun things we've been putting together over time and you get to ask us the patron question of the week which will be starting very soon uh which you want to know my most fantastic thing about the the uh patreon is right now sure 
we have the founder role. What's the founder role? Well, what it means is that you get everything. If you subscribe to the Patreon now as a founder, right, you're only going to pay $5 a month. But you're going to get everything that we're going to put in a much higher tier included mm-hmm. in that founder role. So really, it's kind of like a discount forever. Did you say $5 a month? $5 a month. $5 a month. That's incredible. $5. Um, but but while, while you've uh, continued thinking of your thing, Sean, um, mm-hmm. I, the, the one thing I want to add and and, um, and close out my thought on, on the wider appeal of things as they get rebooted is that if you don't do those things then the the piece of media inevitably dies and that's also fine like mm-hmm. there's a point at which there's too much of a diminishing return where if you keep appealing to the same core audience it's no longer as much as art is art art is also something you have to profit from usually if you want to yeah. live so eventually there's a point at which oh hey sorry we're not going to make that anymore because as much as we want to there's not we we if we do that we close down and then you get nothing anyway so mm. That's another reason that, again, I'm saying I think reboots are a, a necessary it's it's the 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 rock cycle where, you know, there's a there's a uh, a hole in the crust. There, there's a fault line where things get absorbed and they come out slightly different. And there's just that I'm saying that very poorly. I haven't taken geology. I class thought you in were talking years. about the music genre. No, no. They're, yeah. they're, but everything's on a cycle no matter what you do. And and similar to how our crust continues to cycle and evolve as it as it um Please don't talk about my through. crust. Why not? If you if you if you subscribe to the <laughs> founder tier on patreon.com slash crub travel share his crust with you. Look lady at my in, cat. lady in the tramp style. That cat wait, does he, not look happy with what you just did. Wait, how, wait, how, how is he going to share it? Uh, for those in you the audio what? realm, Trav's holding a very cute cat, and she is very much like, please let me down. I will yeah, kick you. Yeah, she's against us. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I've given yes. you I've given you a time to think of how you wanted to say what you were going to say. Say something into yeah. the microphone. Well, we have a cat that's apparently trying to speak. Aww. Yeah, there it is. There we go. This cat is not having it. Yeah, Bye. she's not like that. I'm going to steal that cat. It's okay, Trev doesn't know. So, anyway. Uh, so my thought went to the wayside, I have no idea what it was, but I did start to think of, like, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, having to come up with new ways mechanically for games. I'm gonna interrupt to, you in to, just a second. Sorry. Do it. Um, I, I meant to show my cat to say, subscribe to- <coughs> <laughs> Subscribe to Crub on Patreon. I'll post more pictures of my cat for you, baby. God. Alright, go on, Sean. God. Uh- <laughs> Anyway, God, the thoughts got no. I remember. I remember. I gotta remember. Okay, so the mechanics, uh, you know, change the mechanics and whatnot. Like for example, uh, a lot of people want a banjo three, not a banjo nuts and you know banjo kazooie nuts and bolts. Uh, and I know it was talked about last week on our last podcast. You can not not last week, whatever. Um, ukulele is one of those where it set out to be exactly what it was—a Nintendo sixty-four game on modern console and a lot of people weren't really really too into that um because they're like well it feels very outdated which it was and i think that kind of goes into the argument that hey sometimes reboots are necessary when it comes to games however i do believe that there should still be a way to purchase old games yeah um yeah there like that needs to be there um like i i am very happy that for example, I can play Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's the first time I'm playing it. But I can also, if I so decide, I can play Final Fantasy VII on, like, the Switch, PlayStation, or what have you. 
Um, yeah. Pre- preservation is a whole different topic that M will yeah. uh, be able to go on about forever. It, it should probably be its own topic. Well, we did it as a topic, yeah. I think, at one point. We have. Um, so have. check I out watched. the podcast where we talked about preservation, if that was one that was on the official podcast and wasn't one that we did before we launched the podcast. It was, um, I don't remember. Yeah. It, it had can the talk about 3DS eShop as the yeah. thumbnail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's episode two? Yeah, we'll no, go with know. that. You'll find it. It's yeah. a, you can look it up. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be in the show notes, most likely. Thanks, Chris. Yes. Um, well, now that we shut down uh, Sean's entire thing that he was about to go on, let's oh, yeah, talk about the MCU. No. I will literally come to you. You know, I already told you what I'm going to do to you. You don't have a choice. I was going to say, again, trying to give Sean time to figure out what he was going to say. Uh, it's gone. Preservation is, is important. Uh just as important as the reboot cycle, I feel, because you mm. can't just say this is the only version that you get anymore. Like there should be a, a functional way to consume the other versions of uh, that same property, because you never know when, like, for example, the new Mario movie had a lot of people thinking about how they actually really liked the really bad Mario movie and how, yeah. like, if that wasn't available anymore, not that Nintendo acknowledges it, but. Imagine if that was wiped from the face of the earth the moment that the reboot was It basically is. They basically did. You can't look, find that, it anywhere. It was taken off of everything. That's fair. You can find it if you want to look. You, yeah, well, legally, I don't think you can find it legally. Crub does not I'm condone legally piracy. advising you. Crub does not. Uh, it chat. To, oh, God, I'm going to sneeze. Uh, Go ahead. Do so, it. Do it. Bye. I kind of want to I wanna, I wanna take this in a different direction that maybe is a little okay. bit. Um, I'm ready. I, I don't know. This could be. <laughs> I'm ready. A little bit flighty. For, for us in this particular discussion, which is um, the value of doing this and whether mm-hmm. it exists. So I would argue that the fleeting ephemeral nature of things brings a unique value, that it stimulates personal growth, it inspires creativity, um, it reduces materialism. It fosters a deeper appreci- appreciation and, and mindfulness of our present circumstance while mm-hmm. on the other hand visiting similar experiences can bring comfort and um, familiarity it leads to stagnation and diminishing returns as the thrill from that first encounter lessens over time right you're chasing the dragon mm-hmm. we may find ourselves um clinging to the past and therefore missing out on entirely new experiences that can broaden our perspectives. And yeah. this repeated cycle may inadvertently feed into our consumerist culture, which emphasizes consumption over conservation. So thus, a balance is necessary where we in, uh, yes. uh, wherein we acknowledge mm-hmm. and embrace the transitory nature of life while consciously choosing novel experiences to nurture our growth and enrich our lives. Yeah. I, I think the rock cycle comparison that, that I was trying to make, actually, the more that I think about it, like you just like a balance is needed to keep the ecosystem healthy. And what I was going to say to mm-hmm. the first part of what you were saying was there's also a, a value in rebooting media, not necessarily in a profit driving way or at adapting media, um, in the sense that you don't learn how to draw without copying somebody else first. The the very basis of education kind of starts, at least in America, by rote copying, and then you're taught to uh, analyze, hopefully. And and yeah. and 
think about it to that second level. You don't just learn, you're told two plus two is four, and then you th- you're told, okay, now think about why why you know? two yeah. plus two yeah why? like then you think about like derivatives and and and, and everything's derivative hey, critical thinking yeah. yeah media you don't make a movie if you've never seen one right mm-hmm. yeah um you don't make that YouTube won't stop videos. me <laughs> God. you don't make youtube videos without having watched youtube you don't make music without having heard music uh these are things where we're learning by copying and mm-hmm. the worst examples in our world uh, of leaders in these spaces have been people who don't do it, like Stephen, or I'm sorry, but like like uh, Susan, Susan W. from YouTube, who never huh. once made a YouTube video in her entire goddamn life. Rest and so she was the worst CEO you could have in a tech space. Um, like, these things happen where, where people don't create them, and therefore they're not very good at, at handling yeah. how to create them. If mm-hmm. you're going to make a video game, you should know how to play video games, right? Like, I think that's a pretty pretty generic statement to say i don't think to to cut it off because i can already hear the argument being made i don't think that you have to be good that's the argument you don't have to be good at these games in order to be able to make them you don't have to be good at games in order to be like uh what's his name the the dean takahashi right the guy who cannot play video games and he's a critic (laughs) he just he can't he's the guy who did the uh the the oh cuphead the cuphead jump thing right like he got a hell of a lot of flack for that which uh i mean like i understand why people look at that and go you should be capable of playing games to be a critic but i don't think you have to be good at it in the same breath, the context of that one's also important. I, I know we've talked yes. about that before, but for those that may not be familiar, uh, Dean Takahashi is a journalist uh, slash game journalist because there's sometimes a difference uh, in terms of uh, who gets those jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. And he posted a video of, haha, here's 15 minutes of me uh, failing the basic tutorial of Cuphead because I was just distracted talking to the developers about the process. And so I wasn't even paying attention to what I'm doing. Look at how stupid I am. Ha ha. And now he is roasted forever because of something that he was showing off because it's funny because the way that our brains sometimes work is that we do dumb things. I've gotten flack in my videos for single frames where I leave something sitting because I either I left it there or God forbid I stopped for a moment in my my never ending game recording session to uh, take a note, you know, to do my job. Like it's mm. there's such a microscope on everything involved in in any form of media nowadays that you know. Oh yeah. You people want perfection, and it, it's just unattainable. But that's not really the topic at hand here. Just no, to defend, I, I to defend wanna... Takahashi a little bit for that one. To defend that whole thing, to, to stop that argument, because I could see it happening. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. I can see how that, that argument could be mm-hmm. immediately made based off of what I was saying. Where, yeah. Yes, you do need to play games to make games, uh, and you do need to eat food in order to become a good chef, right? Like, you have to do these things. So copying is an inherent part of perfection, and mm-hmm. I, I think that that's perfectly yeah. acceptable to a certain point. I I don't know where I stand with reboots and remasters, and I think that a lot of it tends to be that... It depends on how good it is as a standalone piece of art, right? Sure. I'm not going to go watch uh, the latest whatever just because it's a thing, which is part of that MCUification where, oh, you have to because it's part of this, right? I don't want that. I, that's not what I'm looking for and an experience. I'm not going to watch this just because it's the newest MCU movie, right? It also mm-hmm. needs to be good. And 
Uh, if it's not, then I don't see why I would want to watch it. And I, that's part of like what I don't like about that experience, right? Mm-hmm. I can't watch the good MCU film that just came out because there's 12 bad MCU films that I don't want to watch that I have to watch in order to get yeah, to it. Yeah, that's a whole other... What do you mean yeah. you didn't watch all of WandaVision? Now you're not going to get the movie, bro. And, and, yeah. So, so Trav and Sean, I want to rope you guys into yes. this part of the discussion. I have something I want to say, but it's a total total shift. So, just right, so throw goes, that out there. Sean goes first. But I want to, what I want to say to, is to further head off people trying to argue with M in the comments or or the reviews. Leave a review, but only if it's nice. Um, I think it's also important to say that the exception would prove the rule. I'm sure there is a game that was made by someone who didn't make games, uh, mm-hmm. and it was good. Sure, but they probably had to play that game to have done it. You know, and also, obviously, the first games were made by people who didn't play games because they just ripped off real games. So Right. They were all sports games. They were all sports games. It was tennis. It was tic-tac-toe. Like, these were the first games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Sean, uh, what are your thoughts on this this, uh, forked topic, uh, this adaptation of the topic at hand? So, I I do agree that uh, copying is very big uh, when it comes to, you know, creating your own thing. Like, I'm a musician. I can pinpoint guitarists that i take a lot of inspiration from that i do a lot of similar styles to uh drumming um and currently by pharrell god god uh but also you guys were talking about you know to make a youtube video and whatnot i'm currently making a video game and i'm going through a lot of like videos and looking into seeing uh, thematically things that I want to do, how to convey certain things to players, and I'm getting a lot of inspiration from certain developers who I guess you can say I'm kind of copying from, but at the same time, it's inspiring me and helping me learn the steps to take next. Um, and a thing that I... Someone told me this many, many, many years ago that I, I stick to to this day is that practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Because the more you do it, the more you're going to remember how to do it, the more you're going to be able to build off of that. And I think when it comes, what it comes down to is you will, if you stay away from certain things, you're just not expanding your horizons and whatever kind of creativity that you're trying to do. You need to continue to open your eyes and see what's around you. Um, And with that said, Trav, what thing were you going to yell earlier? No, no, I'm, I'm, if you have more to say on that point, that's a, that's okay. I was going to no. basically change the topic real quick. Uh, um, no, cause it, it was something that came to my mind when we were talking about like, uh, the financial side of it. Like, is it, um, viable to keep doing these reboots? And, a a, a, a recent example came to mind, which isn't even out yet is they're remaking metal gear solid three mm-hmm. while also re-releasing it as part of a bundle the original on modern platforms yeah so when we're talking about like how um like oh well i still want to play the original um Mm -hmm. where where does that lie for you is that is that good enough to have a separate package but currently available in a practical way for modern platforms like is that a good solution for you guys Mm -hmm. or is that uh, too uh, stingy might not be the right word. Commodified, I, I guess. I think that's. I mean, it's it's going to be a nuanced topic no matter what. But I, in my opinion, I think that's the right way to go. But it opens the can of worms of people just arguing back and forth about which one 
is better. Yeah. And, and which is a definitive version. Yeah. Is it the original version that came out, or is it the new one that's? But no. then, how come they're not re-releasing the original mm-hmm. version? Because I wanted the re-release of this one, which is like version mm-hmm. one point six. And why the fuck isn't Hideo Kojima on this one? And you start like, to, you know, like people get all that. People would point out, like, oh, you can pl- you can buy Resident Evil Four, the original version, on PS Five for four dollars. Or you can mm-hmm. spend seventy on, or I think it was sixty because it was That's PS4 a great as well, example on the remake, yeah. which is functionally the same game but prettier with a couple small changes. But the thing is, the remake is at that point. If you are worried that much about the the cost of it, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's for the people that want to experience it again with fresh eyes, that want to experience a yeah. slightly different perspective. Or Boy, for people- that is the biggest piece out of all of this. By the way, when we're talking about what what it, some of this media just isn't for you. That is yes. the one thing, and I know it sucks. I know it sucks to be a Star Wars fan and look at these Star Wars films and go, wow, I don't want any of They're not for you. And em and I have talked about Star yeah. Wars many a time, and my my end result is that I, I sort of turned my brain off to Star Wars, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, I've always seen it as schlock. I, I've always seen yeah. it as as good, campy movie, and I know that... Mm-hmm. that M, you grew up more so on. I grew up on the prequels as well. Don't get me wrong, but I grew up on the prequels in an era. I'm sorry, you grew up on the original trilogy. I grew up on the original trilogy in an era where the prequels also existed. Like you were, you're a little older because um, you're like ninety. And so, God, uh, wow, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> no one, oh, no one God. actually knows M's true age. He's immortal. That that is. Yeah, I'm not call- I, I've never said my age to anybody. Yeah, no, okay. not a single person has ever known his age. So I'm saying yeah, ninety, they, and it'll be yeah. four hundred next time. So Fun fact: M's. Oh, um, wait, no, real, real quick, real quick, real quick. I need you to know this. M doesn't even know his age. Somehow, M I returned. Forget it often. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we've talked about Star Wars a bunch, and I know that you have, uh, at points, had that that opinion of Star Wars where you're like, man, I just I keep giving it a shot, and I just keep getting disappointed, and I'm like, yeah, I just I don't even pay attention to it anymore. Like if I want to watch it, I will, and it is what it is. That's kind of the whole thing with everything Disney at this point, though, for me, right? Like, everything Disney, I have just accepted that it's not meant for me. It's yeah, for people who and that's fine. like bad writing, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Trap, what were you going to say? <laughs> Fuck you, first off. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but, like, I I agree for the most part. Most of Star Wars is trash. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus Christ. And, like, even the, like, dude, have you seen episode one? Luke no. got hair, bowl Hot. cut, bitch. Uh, no, um, oh, I, I'm okay. just trying to ruffle feathers. Episode but no, one uh, has Watto, so you're wrong. Oh, I meant episode, episode four. four. I meant episode That's four. That's how much of a fan uh, he is. Yeah, no, I. Well, no, I actually, I'm a really casual Star Wars fan that has seen a lot of it. I just like I don't retain a lot of it. Did you know? Because it's a lot of just bullshit. Uh, anyway, uh, no, I want to get my point across real quick. Yeah. Um, one thing that helps me enjoy Star Wars is kind of. It's almost become the same way I look at the MCU, which is a statement on itself, which is Mm -hmm. I am looking at Star Wars as a a platform for people to tell stories, not a universe for people to add to. And that's that's kind of just how I've that's almost always how I've looked at Star Wars specifically and why I Mm -hmm. don't really care about the canon and all that which i know that's not that's not what um has an issue with i doubt that he really cares like well how does episode five of andor connect to anakin skywalker um that's not no, what I'm i just think to say. they're very badly um, written that's it yeah no i i agree 
but also like just trying to look at everything as its own stories for the most part has helped my enjoyment. Like I, I don't think I'd enjoy Mandalorian as much like looking at it as its own thing, I think was pretty good up until the last season. Um, and then uh, just in general, tying it back to the MCU, like I'm almost looking at everything as its own thing that will build off of, you know, previous stories, but trying to judge them as their own thing, I think for the most part, is a fair way of looking at it. I'm not going to say that they're still good and that it makes it enjoyable for the MCU because I'm a shill and I, I am incapable of looking at that in an unbiased way. But with Star Wars, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a medium on its own at this point. Like, sure, there's an episode of, what was it? Was it Book of Boba Fett or Mando where there's like, you know, Jack Black is the king of this planet. Like, fuck it. That's fun. Whatever. I don't Especially because they grew up as fans of that. Like, imagine being yeah. Jack Black and like, being able to be that's in be Star Wars. Whether so it's good or fun. not, who cares? Like, yeah. you were in Star Wars. You They can't take that away from you. You know? Mm. And then there's Gus Fring telling me, like, die. Cool. Awesome. Hot. I want that. What was it? The, the, the dark saber he wanted? Or was that someone else? Yeah, which was also, by the way, a, a, a long-term adaptation story of something that the, um, what's his name, the, the Star Wars lead guy now, uh, that he was writing in Clone Wars. So, like, that that's yeah. one of the few, like, super long-running threads that they've had. Uh, and to go to oh Clone Wars, God. Clone Wars is one of those where, like everything else in a Star Wars, like, like you kind of said, uh, s- there are things that come about in these different pieces of media that you wouldn't watch if it weren't for the property. The brand yeah. does matter. You wouldn't watch Clone Wars if it wasn't Star Wars. You might not watch it if it was, but it's actually pretty good. I would never watch and enjoy a movie like Joker if it wasn't based off of that character. Can we make Joker, but without Joker? Can we just make it like... Yeah. Oh, That's just Taxi or whatever. That's true. Taxi Driver. Yeah. Taxi. That's true. Crazy Taxi. Ta- okay. To get back onto it a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, I feel like... Maybe the one thing that we haven't really discussed is my take, <laughs> which take? is um, uh, about how some of these things are just meant to be ephemeral. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. You know, do we need another Star Wars movie? Right? Do we need that? Uh, or, or is the experience, the memory that you have worth it? Yeah. No, I, I, I think that... In a, in a case like a Star Wars, there is magic to having everyone be able to experience a Star Wars in theaters for the first time. Like, you'll never have that experience with just re-airing one in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's value to stuff like that. Um, but there's also something interesting, like, in, a, in the case of a Zelda. Zelda used to be, and now kind of is again, an event every time it came out. And then, yeah. if you look, uh, from the moment that Zelda 1 came out until 2000. 11 before skyward sword there were as many releases in the zelda franchises as in the zelda franchise excuse me as 2011 to 2016 from years 25 to 30 of zelda there were as many releases as there were Hmm. in the entire previous 25 years because they remastered or remade every single one on some platform uh they made triforce heroes they made a sequel to link to the past uh, which in Japan is called Link to the Past 2, or uh, Triforce of the Gods 2, excuse me. Um, th- there were just so many countless re-releases and, and sequels and Hyrule Warriors games, which I will count. 
As you should. Because I was counting the CDI games in that list, too. I I did this at one point because I was fascinated by how uh, commercialized Zelda had become, finally, after being this Mm -hmm. mythical series. And that's what, to go back to Final Fantasy XVI, is fascinating. When you think about Final Fantasy XVI is only the, 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 like, we had 10 in 2001. And in the following 22 years, we've only had five more in, in terms of main series Final Fantasy. And that's fascinating to think about because obviously there are spinoffs and sub-sequels and 45, 13 games. And, and same that's happened... That's a Kingdom Hearts name. Yeah, and it actually is. And the same happened to Zelda where there were a bunch of spinoffs. But it's interesting that, that to me, I think Final Fantasy is one of the few left where when there's a numbered Final Fantasy, it feels kind of like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And... That's one of those things where if that if that didn't happen anymore, if we stopped adapting Final Fantasy, I think there'd be something that'd be lost. I don't know. I can agree with that. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, sure. At the same time, and I think maybe this is my uh, my crotchety old ninety year old body saying this, but mm-hmm. um, ninety one now. I, Happy birthday. 91 year old. Yeah. 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 Happy I, birthday. I think he, ages he, he moves at interstellar time. That one. Pl- <laughs> God. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. So I'm good. All right. I'm going to get a little flighty again, but I think that as we acknowledge the, the ephemeral essence of life, it mirrors our, our adaptability to the ceaseless dance of change, right? Infusing our lives with a, a spectrum of, fresh experiences and prospects and wisdom and this cognizance of the fleeting nature of existence amplifies our value perception. It kindles a sense of mindfulness and gratitude and deepened involvement in the now. And through these transient moments, we're nudged from our comfort zones, spurring a personal evolution of fortitude of adaptability and arming us to counter challenges and and transformations um a focus on ephemeral uh, ephemerality softens our our inclination towards materialism it redirects our attention from the perishable physical to the lasting realms of experiences and connections and self-improvement and amidst all of this constant flux each passing moment brims with possibilities for creativity and innovation and urges us to perpetually craft a new and adopt fresh lenses to view the world and this delicate balance invites us to celebrate life's nature while consciously uh, opting for novel experiences. Boy, I, I, uh, <laughs> I just, <laughs> so you just went for it. I, uh, now I'm looking at your faces. That's the thing, right? I found well, that. I don't think you're wrong. High. I found that very shallow and pedantic. Thank you. No, no, it's honestly well said though. Perhaps. <laughs> oh yeah. Here I am but, being a pedant. Oh yes, yeah, so, sorry, pedantic. You're right. God. Pedantic. We didn't make that a thing yet. We shouldn't. I don't think you're wrong. I'm just like, all right. You said, can I, can I have the soapbox now? I want to say something. Do it. That's fine. Go ahead. I I don't have anything to say actually. You. F- that was just a metaphor for uh, adaptations for the for ephemeral. Saying, I want to do this thing. The ephemeral nature I, of Trav's thoughts. Yeah. 
But I do agree with the that a lot. The only ephemera in oh. my brain is like a I'll tumor. break your ephemers. Good, oh, fucking do it. finally. Put me in the femur breaker right now. <laughs> do it. But no, I do completely agree with that because like there are certain things that like the more you look back on, um, it's better to have them stay there rather than them to keep being brought up, uh, which is why like nostalgia, I think, is such a big deal to me because there are certain things that I know I just will never go back to because I want it to remain a good part of my life. And if it comes back, might not have the same feeling to it. Um, and also, I kind of enjoy the feeling of that longing for that if that makes any sense like i kind of enjoy feeling like huh i miss those days like I, I like going in that mode because it helps me write it helps me create it helps me code it helps me you know play guitar for crying out loud because i'm like huh i remember i really like that and i don't listen to it again because i'm like no i'm just i'm just gonna play what i think i remember um which isn't always the best idea but it really is interesting to like I don't know, I haven't really thought about that too much until right this second. And also my dog's going buck wild. Are you gonna play Smoke on the Water for the fifth time? I will not, I hate playing Play it song, really actually. poorly. Like play it absurdly. Like don't even don't even bup, get it like in bup, rhythm. Bup, God. Bup, bup, bup. Uh, I think but, I just don't want another shallow film that's just a retreading of the same thing that I've already watched twelve times. Every year You're right. for the rest of my life. I don't want Dune. Fuck Dune. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't no, know how I, to respond to that. Personally speaking, I agree with you. And in the same mm -hmm. breath, we did hit on that point that it's also okay if it's not for us. You know, oh, yeah, if, that's the thing. It's just yeah. not for me. Yeah, like mm -hmm. a modern. As long as we still have plenty of creativity and new stuff yeah. coming along, I'm fine. And the moment that we get into that, Disney owns everything, right? Like, and all they do is just, hey, we're going to rehash 2020 again this year. Like, I, I don't want that. And, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. If I, mm -hmm. if I start looking at media, and this is a, a statement about me. I'm not trying to say anything about the industry with this, even though you could argue that I am. If I have to start looking at new things that come out and say, like, oh, well, this did it, like, this older adaptation did it better, or etc. I'm going to start getting really fucking bored. Yeah. I was going to say... Which, yeah, could what? be a good commentary of the state of things. But also a state of, I don't think I want to criticize it. I want to look at the positives. That too. I, I was going to say, mm -hmm. on the creativity front, one of the positives, actually, is that we are in a golden age of creativity for media in yeah. general. Uh, it's been the longest running golden age because, you know, Thank we you, have Spider -verse. <laughs> we God. have such a wide array of of writers and directors and artists of any sort. And it's now easier than ever to start finding your way into these fields. Case it in point, pretty, what we're doing, yeah, this is radio. Costs. We just yeah. we're doing radio, but better. I'll say Can it. Can I do a radio yeah. voice? Do a radio Go ahead. voice. Hey, hey, hey! Nope, that's the chicken man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like any of that. You know what? You are. Can I'm I get sending a chicken you, cheese. I'm sending you to Brazil. <laughs> you don't have a choice. Uh, but on that oh. note, I want to ask before we close out the, uh, sh you know, the little session. Does anyone else want to add anything before we go ahead and close it out? Because I gonna, think this is a good. We're gonna do this episode ahead. again next week. Yeah, same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, the only we're difference. Adapting it. The only difference is Chris is going to be here instead of me, and he's going to have blue hair. Trav, do the do the do the pog point. Do the point. Oh wait, hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me get into position. 
I, I apologize for those listening to the stream, uh, listening to the, the audio version of this podcast. I'm making Trav point doing the stupid meme Wojak face because most of us have done this at some point now, and I don't like that we have, but he's doing it. And we're going to adapt this into versions. we're going to adapt this into something terrible that will be posted on Twitter at some point soon. I'm sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, um, uh, I don't have anything to add. I think we've had a good talk here. This was a good podcast. Yeah. What a good uh, what a good ready? job, us. You know, uh, I don't want to put the oh, audience to sleep. I wouldn't want them to zone out from what I'm saying. So I think I'm I'm okay. They're not going to zone out, and if they do, oh, I'll stab them. I I would not want to cause them to zone out listening to me. Trav is still just doing those different <laughs> emotes. I'm giving yeah, you 50 God. different versions. Uh well, on that note, I want to say thank you all so much for hanging out with us. I appreciate every single one of you. You're great. You're wonderful. And if you disagree, I will come fight you. But anyway, okay. Moriarty, where can they fight you? Find you? Where can they Not fight, fight you? you? Where can they fight it's me? It's on site. Yeah, where can they fight you? <laughs> uh, the reason I actually don't tell anything about myself. God. <laughs> uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash really cool. All right. Kevin, what about you? Where can they find you? And then, yeah, I'm not doing the fight bit anymore. I'm done with that. It's boring. You can Why fight are you me. so boring? You can fight me at the time that you're watching this, this very day at Charity versus Room 2, New Age of Zeros, a charity event that we're doing over at the Charity Room, uh, live on Twitch, uh, Friday through Sunday, July 28th through the 30th, August 4th through the 6th. We're doing a bunch of games head-to-head. -head. Uh, I'm going to fight Trav for real at some point. Uh, we're doing I such will be there. hit races and games such as Trav versus known Metroid fans. Some call him Jonathan in Metroid Dread, a rematch from last year's Charity versus Room. We're doing other hit games like Solitaire and more. Uh, our schedule is available at the Charity Room on Twitter and potentially in the show notes and description of this podcast as well. Uh, you should tune in. Like, half of the Crub crew is there at some point throughout the, the, the two weeks, so it'll be a lot of fun. I'm not going to plug myself this week because I have nothing to plug other than the Charity Room. We're raising money for a great cause. Do it. Give us money. Patreon.com slash Crub. That's not the cause, but do it. God. Uh, Trav, you say things. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com forward slash that Trav guy because I will be doing returning to Doom with Final Doom in next week. I will also be part of the Charity versus Rome event. I will be racing Some Call Me Johnny. I will be playing Overcooked 2. I will be playing something else that I can't remember off Punch the top out of my head. Versus okay. DK Punch Dan. Out versus Salty DK Dan. That'll be very exciting. Um, I have raced Elliot in Punch Out and I didn't realize that he was so bad at the game and it was really embarrassing. Um, so I hope this time it's a challenge. Damn, uh, you can so also too. find me on Twitter at the other Trav guy because that Trav guy was taken. Sean, where can we find you? That's me. I will not be at the charity room, but I will be in the chat because it's a very good cause and you should be there. And if you're not there, I will be very upset with you. You better. Anyway, uh, but you can find me at Wolf Chaosan on Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. Zippers also wants to say hi to me. Um, you want to say but, hi to Zippers? Yeah, come on. I want Zippers to be the last person we talk to, because honestly, Zippers is better than all of us. Trav's cat is now back Come in on. frame. Come on, say hi. Say, say hi. Meow. Come on, do it. Say a meow. Meow. Yeah.